Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another exciting episode of Thor Podcast. Today, we're talking Visa integrating with Hyperledger Tech, basic attention token skyrocketing. We got Qtum with a new heavyweight partnership. And then finally, in our main topic, we're discussing Decred. That's right. We have Marco Paraboom from Decred on the show talking Decred. I can't wait. You're going to thank me for this one through a podcast starting now. Welcome to Thriller with Car Gonzalez, broadcasting from Austin, Texas, via SoundCloud and supported by listeners like you. It's time for the news. It's time for the news. It's time for the news. Thriller with Car Gonzalez. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another exciting episode of Thriller Podcast. Feels so good to be back this week. First up, let's get into the news. So we have Decred new proposal system. That's right. Paletia puts 23 million in the hands of Decred stakeholders. So Decred, which stands for Decentralized Credit, operates under a governance model that uses the votes of Decred holders to make decisions for the future of its ecosystem. Now, what's pretty cool about Decred, and we'll talk about this more in the main topic, is they have a solution where they adopted a hybrid consensus algorithm model, maintaining the benefits of Bitcoin's proof of work model while decentralizing the decision making process with proof of stake. And like I said, we're going to have Marco Paraboom on the main topic, and he's going to discuss all of this. It's exciting stuff. And not only that, he talks about the early days of Bitcoin, which I think a lot of y'all are going to really enjoy. So let's get into our next piece of news. Next up, we have Visa. They're set to launch a blockchain-based digital identity system with IBM in Q1 2019. That's right. So Kevin Phelan, global head at Visa Business Solutions, suggests that the system will help with fraud. So B2B Connect's digital identity greatly reduces the opportunity for fraud that might otherwise exist with checks, ACH, and wire transfers today, while also helping companies remain compliant as part of the regulated financial ecosystem. From a technical standpoint, the solution will integrate a Hyperledger fabric framework, which is hosted by the Linux Foundation and was developed with input from IBM, of course, with Visa core assets, which the release claims will establish a scalable permission network for use in the financial sector. Jason Kelly, a general manager at IBM Blockchain Services, is quoted as saying that the system represents one of the most powerful examples to date of how blockchain is transforming payments. They went on to say that 1,200 financial institutions, according to the release, is also partnering with Visa on the B2B Connect system, a partnership that will enable mutual financial institution clients to access the system. Wow, that's big news. Next up, we have the Brave browser. That's right, bad skyrockets on Brave browser news and Coinbase speculation. So BAT, that's right, basic attention token, is lighting up the cryptosphere. One factor behind BAT's price climb was the release of the updated version of the Brave browser, the internet search engine that is directly tied to cryptocurrency. So Brave announced a platform update on October 18th, which they likely said contributed to the upward momentum that had been building at the time. Along with today's release, we are sharing internal performance tests and metrics highlighting significant performance advantages over Chromium-based browsers. That's right, they're targeting Chrome. (laughs) It's kind of funny they're targeting Chrome, but they're based off a variant of Chrome. They also added a slew of new features to the browser, as well as privacy improvements that gives users more control over privacy. 
and they released a brand new feature that allows the tipping of individual Reddit and Twitter users. This functionality will be available from directly within the browser window and enable micropayments using its native VAT token. Pretty astounding. Then finally, in our last piece of news, we have Qtum. They gain a gigantic partnership. Well, kind of. Blockchains are consistently redefining the trend, especially for online retail platforms. Qtum, Q-T-U-M, for example, has within a year of operation, became a top 30 digital asset. Adoption strategic partnerships have placed it on the map in the industry. Their latest partnership is with Amazon Web Services, and it's nothing more than groundbreaking. AWS will work closely with Qtum team, and together they will strategize on how to develop blockchain as a service, BAAS, while using AWS. The main focus of this collaboration is to establish the foundation for enterprise-grade solutions. The partnership comes at a time when AWS customers are requesting for blockchain as a service model services. Pretty cool. We actually did an episode on Qtum, uh, I want to say maybe about two or three months back. And it's a very interesting blockchain project. I would highly recommend you check it out. With that, let's get into our interesting video of the day. Let's do it. Thriller podcast. Interesting crypto video of the day. time for today's interesting video of the day. Today is a pretty good one. It's an AMA. That's right. It's a Ask Me Anything Reddit video. And it comes from Jesse Lund. He is the vice president of the IBM blockchain and digital currencies division. He is trying to work closely with different IBM clients, regulators, and central banks around the world to improve end user experience, optimize operational efficiency, and identify new market opportunities. He's leading the way, and he explains why Stellar Consensus Protocol is right in the middle of it. A an alternative, as you know, what, what you call a bridge asset. We you know we call it um, a, a settlement instrument, right? And it's an easy one to use um, because it's natively built into the Stellar Protocol. Um, acknowledging though too that it, like other cryptos, at least for now, until it becomes more mainstream and people become more comfortable with it you know, has some volatility. Um, but that doesn't change, you know, its value and utility with respect to being a, a you know, a settlement uh, instrument. So there's a lot of um, approaches to drive um, stability for participants, not the least of which is the fact that, remember, think about traditional cross-border payments. You're talking about a payment message that, you know, to goes through SWIFT from one institution to another, and then the institutions agree after they've done some bilateral communication through the network um, to settle and to send that payment. And then it's handed off, you know, to some other part of the bank, correspondent banking might go through the FX desk. And, you know, four days later, you know, the money, the money shows up, um, you know, where it's, where it's supposed to show up. Mm -hmm. Um, four days would be a long time uh, to be exposed to the exchange rate, you know, of, of crypto. Remember, what we're talking about, though, is taking these two um, things, you know, payment messaging or clearing and settlement, putting them together as a sequence of, of operations that are wrapped in kind of an atomic transaction. The whole thing executes in a matter of seconds, right? Um, and not even a matter of minutes. I mean, I think that's the beauty of the Stellar Protocol is, you know, I know people complain about um, Bitcoin. I think it has its own 
um, benefits and, and drawbacks. Um, but we're not talking about, you know, 10 minutes. We're talking about seconds, right, to, um, to actually settle. So the overall exposure to, uh, to the volatility of something like lumens is, is really minimized if, if the in and out is, um, you know, a, a course of 15 to 30 seconds, right? Um, and the market makers on both ends, you know, this is their business. This is how FX providers make money is, you know, hedging against the, the volatility and, you know, charging that premium that's built into the exchange rate. So I, I actually think over time it's going to be fine. There's even more things that, that providers could do. Um, I, I mean, there's things that I think IBM could do, uh, although we're not in that business uh, yet, but I think there's some interesting um, ways to, to help provide stability of price volatility when using something like lumens as as a, a settlement instrument but again that's why we've opened it up to mm-hmm. banks to come in and issue stable coins right um, instruments that are backed by deposits held you know at a, a licensed financial institution right it's about it's about choices um, uh, ultimately and he also mentions a couple things about his relationship with jed check this out yeah, well, I mean, you know, I, I, I've got to know Jed um, pretty well. I, I don't think I could speak exactly for him, but but he's a good guy with a lot of vision, and we um, we certainly enjoy the partnership that we have with him. Yeah, I, I think um, I, I don't know if it's uh, if it's as much of uh, humorous as it is. He sees you know the 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 prophetic future kind of playing out. I, I think part of this was his vision to begin with. It was his vision. Um, I, I think at, at Ripple, um, and then as he left, it was certainly his vision as he as he formed uh, Stellar. Uh, and you know, if you right. if you go kind of read through the the Stellar documentation, you know, his vision is to create you know an open protocol that commercial entities will use, and ultimately banks and financial institutions around the world will adopt. I mean, he likens it to you know, um, to, to TCP IP or to SMTP for, you know, email that equivalent. Right. And, and, you know, we, as email users, as part of our daily, you know, routine, we don't even think about it anymore, but you know, there's, there's these protocols like SMTP underneath, uh, email that, um, that enable the whole thing and have, you know, for, for decades now. And I I think that's how he thinks of stellar and his contribution to all this. Yeah. I must say it's very interesting watching stellar grow over this past, you know, couple years. And uh, seeing them, how how far they've come from 2014, um, yeah, it's just it's just crazy to think that uh, they're on the the edge of becoming one of the biggest blockchain projects here next year. Um, everything's getting released, it seems. Uh, yeah, if you guys have been around for Thorough Podcast for a while, you know that we have been early on Stellar, so it's pretty cool seeing it kind of go the way of the logo, as they say. With that, let's get into coin talk. That's right. Let's do it. It is time. Only crypto, coins, trades, predictions ahead. It is what you spend all day wondering, isn't it? This crypto dream. Only on coin talk, coin talk, coin talk, coin talk, coin talk. Right, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for Coin Talk. But before we dive into that, we got a couple things we need to discuss. First off, I want to thank everybody for listening to Thriller Podcast last week. 
I think we had our record week. <laughs> I don't think it's ever gotten that high before, but it's thanks to all of y'all for listening and spreading the word of River Podcast. So I appreciate every single one of y'all. Um, also giving out some free swag that we got from HoshoCon in our Patreon. So if you haven't taken a look at our Patreon, go ahead and take a look there. There's some free swag. First person to comment gets it. Um, and then also want to mention our newsletter that we give out every month. So every month we give out free crypto, no strings attached whatsoever. We literally send out a newsletter. It says three different things, uh, tweet here, tweet there or whatever, or sometimes it's just even like, like our Facebook page or like our Instagram page, you know, send a screenshot to our telegram, stuff like that. And the first three people that do that get free crypto, no questions asked, nothing, nothing, nothing else required. And it's just my way of giving back to y'all because you guys provide me with tons of value. And I want to make sure that I provide you with some type of value, even if it's, you know, a cryptocurrency that, um, you know, that you might want or like or even need. I don't know. But I want to do that. And I do that every month. And if you haven't subscribed, click the link in our show notes. It's the newsletter at the very bottom. You click on that, you sign up their email. I promise I will not spam you. You only get, uh, we only really receive one email a month. And it has been that way for quite some time. And then on December, that first month email in December, we're giving out crypto to every single person that signs up to our news- newsletter. So if for this whole time you haven't received uh, or you haven't won, you will get some kind of crypto in December. So my gift to y'all. And then I also wanted to mention we're going to have three Thriller Convo episodes that are going to show up in your feed this week. Um, we're going to have people from Unchained Capital, people from Fragments, people from Reserve. And I think they're going to be all very interesting conversations. I can't wait to dive into every single one of those uh, conversations. And I hope that you guys like it. Uh, I do my best to work on my interviewing skills, <laughs> but uh, Lord knows I have ways to go. But um, be sure to send any questions you might have in our Telegram and I'll be sure to ask them. And then I also want to thank everybody who has clicked on our free stuff that we have in our show notes. Um, there has been five to 10 people. I'm not sure exactly how many, but, um, that have signed up for that free $25 from that new, um, exchange that's going to be released here. I think at the end of this year, at the beginning of next year, but they're giving away $25 of Bitcoin. And if you use that link below, you get free $25 and then you kick back $25 to Thriller podcast. And then we can use that to give away on our monthly giveaways. So it's pretty cool. It's a win-win for both of us. And then also there's been some people that have been downloading the the Brave browser and that has helped out as well too because we get a kickback uh, with Brave attention tokens and that helps us, you know, scale through our podcast. So with all this stuff that you guys are clicking on, just realize that you are helping through our podcast and it's the easiest way for you to do that. And then, of course, if you want to, you can always donate to our Patreon. That that link is in the show notes. Or you can just send us some cryptocurrency, and that link is in the show notes as well. Again, we do this all with no ads placed in the podcast or in our interviews or anything like that because I love the clean audio experience. And I honestly haven't found an, an advertiser that I would like to have on the show. That's another thing, too. Like we get pitched ICOs to come on. They want to pay us with their ICO or they want to pay us with money or they want to pay, pay me to give to y'all, you know, ICO stuff. And I'm just like, no, my audience doesn't want that. Uh, it's just, you know, it's just kind of, it just feels icky. Um, or we'll have some other company come out and they'll be like, here, we want to give you this amount of money, but you have to, you know, have our, our advertisements here, here, and here. And I'm just like, no, that's going to throw off the experience of the show. You know, I really love the clean audio experience that we give y'all on a weekly basis. And I want to keep it that way. So by y'all uh, contributing to iTunes reviews or 
sharing the podcast uh, with a friend or even clicking those links below. That helps us defray the cost and helps us maintain being our independence. You know, hopefully one day we'll, we'll our, 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 uh, how do they say our, our vision for through podcast will align with an advertiser and we can kind of go that way together. But until that day, we're independent. <laughs> but with that, let's go ahead and get into our disclaimer. We have to play the disclaimer because, you know, we're from Austin, Texas. And in Austin, Texas, um, they lay down the law. <laughs> they, they literally lay down the law. And I'm literally like probably, gosh, I want to say maybe five miles away from the Capitol. So they literally could <laughs> come knock on my door and say, hey, car, you're needed at Capitol Hill. And you have a lot of explaining to do. So that's why we play the disclaimer. Roll the disclaimer. Remember, Thriller Podcast does not give financial advice. He cannot tell the future, even if he thinks can. He is just some dude trying to save the world one Satoshi at a time. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for Coin Talk, y'all's favorite segment and mine. Uh, this is where we speculate about the cryptocurrency market capitalization. That's right. We talk about the coin market cap. We talk about rumors. We talk about speculation. A lot of the stuff is not true. Um, this is just my little space where I can speculate and I, I use it uh, <laughs> because, you know, who doesn't like speculating? I feel like that's one of my favorite, one of everybody's favorite things to do in this space. But we try to, you know, mind our P's and Q's and, and try to be smart about it. Right. But at the end of the day, we all realize that this none of this is real. None, none of this, uh, none of the none of the stuff that we say here is actually actually factual. Uh, go out there and do your own research. And by all means, don't trust anything that I have to say starting right now. Um, so it looks like coin market cap is at $209. Yeah. And looks like Bitcoin at $6,483. And we got Ethereum at $204. We got XRP at $0.45. Cents. EOS at $5.41. We got Stellar at $0.24. Cents. So as you know, this is going to be a big week for Stellar. Uh, the Money 2020 conference is Tuesday, which is tomorrow. We have Adam Ludwin and Jed McCaleb are going to be speaking there. I think it's at 4.45 p.m. Um, uh, California time. <laughs> and uh, West Coast time, I should say. And uh, we also had Cybos uh, yesterday and today in Australia. And we had IBM there. And that's, of course, where the Visa stuff came out. Um, so there's just a lot of fintech stuff going on this week. A lot of announcements. Of course, probably Ripple will announce something, even if there really isn't an announcement from Ripple. But um, I think this week, uh, you know, or cryptocurrencies like XRP, Stellar um, are going to are going to see you're going to see them go up. You're going to see them go down, just like kind of what we saw already with Stellar kind of pre pre pumping this past Friday, Saturday. Um, so just watch out for that. Yeah, me personally, uh, you know, when it comes to Stellar, I'm just bullish on it. I told you guys more than more than I need to on this podcast. But uh, I really feel like Jed's vision out of everybody who has been in this space um, the past, you know, three years that I can think of, uh, who's executed on their vision time and time again. Um, uh, Vitalik has been one of them for sure. Um, there's uh, maybe a handful of others, but uh, one that stands out to me is Jed. 
and uh, he's with the Seller Foundation. And uh, everything that he said he's going to do, he has done. <laughs> if you go back and listen to old podcast episodes, uh, we did that of Stellar and XLM. You would go back and, and you can hear him say that he was going to do this and this and this and this. And sure enough, he did every single one of those things. So uh, he's definitely one of those persons uh, in this space that whenever he says something, I pay attention because he's likely telling the truth 100%. And he's always hit his mark that he set out to hit. So, yeah, that's why I'm bullish on it. I picked up some more this past weekend. You know, I saw it running and, you know, I, I got one of those FOMO, those FOMO feels, right, that you get. And it was just like, oh, it's going to run. Oh, is this the big run that's going to take? So I was like, oh, I got to get in now. So I got in at 24 cents. And of course, it's, it got to 25 cents and it dropped back down. But I was like, cool. You know, I'm fine with that because, you know, a lot of the stuff that a lot of the a lot of the coins that we got for Stellar started back last year. You know, before they got really high. So just uh, just remember that, that, uh, you know, a lot of a lot of the times when I bring up projects uh, on this on this podcast, it's because, you know, I'm giving you a wink wink or I'm giving you a um, a nod that uh, this is as legit as it gets. <laughs> and so just remember that, you know, interesting enough, Ravencoin actually shot through the roof. <laughs> So back we I want to say we had it on like, you know, maybe like a month or a month or two months ago. And uh, if you look at it now, it's at five cents and it's climbing. It's climbing even more. Um, Bruce Fenton is going to be at the Texas Bitcoin conference this weekend. And I, I heard there's going to be some new release that he's going to talk about uh, in regards to Ravencoin. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's 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 one of these things where, you know, we've talked about Ravencoin in the past and uh, we've looked at it as a cryptocurrency. I think there was a couple things that I didn't like, uh, but for the most part, I've you know, been pretty transparent on that. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, it's it's interesting to see what they're going to come out with. I can't wait to see. Um, but would I expect a drop after that? Probably just because it's a bear market right now. You might see a drop after that. But um, if you got in <laughs> when we got in at around one penny, two pennies, um, nice little payday today, I uh, must say. Oh, another thing that I see here is Qtum. So Qtum's at $4.23. And uh, this is surprising to me. It's very surprising because it's down 6% on the on the news of the AWS um, uh, collaboration that they're having with uh with uh, Amazon and uh, a lot of people are fighting on it saying that it's not real or saying that oh it's just because it's in China um, make no mistake the the technology that's uh, that's behind the scenes on Qtum uh, as far as I can tell it's legit uh, I would love to have somebody on the show from Qtum to talk about it a little bit more but uh, as I go and try to you know reach out to them um, it, it's it you know it's just no wonder yeah, it's no wonder that, um, you know, Amazon reached out to them. Uh, it's probably, it's likely the technology. Um, and of course, we got 0x at 90 cents. That's up 3% today. Um, and Ethereum Classic is back at $10. And that's pretty cool. Uh, we got Tron at 2 cents. <laughs> oh, Tron. And uh, I think that's it for the most part. Everything else is looking really good. Uh, today in our main topic, we're discussing Decred. You know, we're doing this podcast today on Decred because a lot of y'all have reached out to me, you know, either via Twitter, via Telegram or via email and said, hey, 
why haven't you done an episode on decred? And I'm always telling them, well, you know, it's 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 very hard, you know, to uh, to look at this stuff and really understand it, you know, at, at a at a protocol level. You know, but thanks to Decred's Telegram team um, uh, getting me in contact with Marco today, we have him on the show and he's able to explain to us what separates Decred from the rest of the blockchain projects out there. So with that, let's dive into our main topic starting now. Oh, 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 
I will say right now, none of this is financial advice. If you're going to invest in Decred, do so at your own risk, not mine. And above all else, do your own research. Don't trust me. Don't trust me. I have no idea what the fuck I'm talking about. All right, I think that's it. I guess now we can begin. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for another main topic with Marco Piraboom from Decred. He is a systems development lead, and he's here on the show. Thanks for letting you coming on the show, Marco. Well, thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Yeah, we're, we're excited to have you. I mean, we had so many people um, request you on the show, and... Um, it was it was it was kind of one of those things that kind of blindsided me. So that tells me that you guys are are doing something over there. Well, uh, well, I'm, I'm glad to hear that actually. So that's that's fun. Uh, but I also want to, you know, obviously I'm local in Austin, so I think that folks kind of know me. And you being in Austin, that may have had something to do with it. Yeah, for sure. I think yeah. So uh, I guess my first question would be, uh, let's talk about uh, Decred. Tell us how they, because the pronunciation, that's one thing that I always have trouble with, especially with cryptos. Can you tell us how to pronounce Decred? <laughs> Am I saying it right? Yeah, I can and I will, and I will try to set the record straight <laughs> once and for all. So I've heard many versions of it. It's uh, Decreed, Decreed, and uh, there's some uh, Asian versions that I probably should not say on a polite show. Um but the official way to pronounce decred is decred with a long D, and the D comes from the word decentralized. So um, folks that read a lot of, uh, uh, what do you call them, uh, sci-fi novels, they always use credits as, um, as money. So uh, decred is decentralized money, hence decred. That's awesome. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna try my best to remember that every single time I say Decred. <laughs> uh, so, Marco, tell us how Decred started uh, back in the early days. I know it was uh, you guys used to be a part of Bitcoin and that whole community back in early uh, 2010s ish. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about that, the history? Yeah. So um, we actually wrote a Bitcoin implementation from scratch in Go, GoLang whatever people want to call that. And we threw that out there. And I want to say in the 2012 area, 2012, 2013-ish time frame. Um, And it was very well written, very well documented. But it was not received with the amount of enthusiasm that we were actually expecting. So what it kind of felt like is that the uh, some other developers felt that we were encroaching on a little sandbox and it was some sort of power play, which it wasn't. We were just trying to make uh, the community better and have multiple uh, code bases and, you know, overall just make it kind of a funner place for people to, to work in. So, but since we weren't welcomed, uh, we felt that there was something weird and in, in, um, in odd going on. So um, after a couple of years of frustration, we, uh, we basically decided, you know, uh, Bitcoin, as awesome as it is, it does have some flaws, and the big flaw was governance. So um, there's only a couple of players that make all the calls in Bitcoin, and so it's not as decentralized as we hoped it to be. 
So we came up with an idea to do decentralized government uh, governance, and that is where uh, where Decred came from. Okay, okay, that that makes sense. Um, it, was it because uh, I guess because of Blockstream? Is that probably one of the main reasons? Or I don't know if you want to point any fingers, <laughs> but is is that is it people like that or? So Blockstream had caused actually a different issue. So when Blockstream uh, swooped in and hired basically the entire uh, Bitcoin development team, what that did is it actually uh, kind of centralized the development power. And that is, in my opinion, not a good thing, right? So one of the great things about Bitcoin is that it's supposed to be decentralized, but development is a very centralized um, activity. And um, so, and I understand that these guys and girls obviously need to eat and they need to have a job in healthcare. So therefore they need to be employed. So that is not a debate. So, uh, so with that said though, so once you get employed, you suddenly do have a corporate agenda that's just inherent, right? So you're not as free to say and do uh, as you normally would. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, it does. Uh, it, it's It's kind of one of those things where it's like a, it's good and bad, like you said. Um, it, it has its merits, and of course, it has its uh, centralization part of it as well. Right. So, and we were trying to head that off, and uh, so, uh, and in fact, Decred, when it was des- designed, we actively took uh, a good look at that particular portion of the protocol and tried to modify it so that we could prevent such a thing from happening. Do you think? Uh, do you think if they had that in place right now in Bitcoin, do you think uh, you would still? Be a part of that community, or or do you think uh, Decred would uh, would exist? Well, I am still involved with Bitcoin community. I'm still part of the uh, you know of the. I no longer write code uh, in that space, but uh, I am very active and I follow what what happens there because it, it is you know great tech. So that that was never the debate. So I do think that if the uh, BTC suite would have been uh, used a bit more wide. And if the community was a bit more, uh, had been a little bit more welcoming, then I, I would not be surprised if we were still active in that space. So we had created a number of businesses around uh, Bitcoin and the Bitcoin code base that we had written. And actually, in fact, if you go out there, uh, the number two implementation worldwide still is uh, BTCD. So, so it's still quite a bit in use. So, so yeah, I think I still would have been more active in the Bitcoin community than I am now. Interesting. Do you still have friends involved in that community right now that you talk to or about uh, what they're building or what's being worked on? I know you guys uh, worked with uh, Litecoin on on, uh, on the Atomic Swap stuff, but so uh, so the answer is yes. I mean, I have no ill will towards uh, any particular individuals. I mean, there's some some folks obviously in the community that are a bit more toxic than others, but uh, but that said, no, I, I have great relationships with, with lots of folks in in a number of communities, not just Bitcoin. So uh, cryptocurrency is an exciting space. There's a lot of brilliant minds working in it. And, you know, knowing these people is, is healthy and good and you can bounce ideas off of them. I, I'm a pretty reasonable guy most of the time. That's cool. Uh, Marco, tell us about the early days of Bitcoin, because I feel like these days we, we really don't hear too much about the 2013s, 2012s, about uh, Bitcoin days. What, what did you see back then? Did, did you know it was going to be something big? I'm, I'm sure you you had a feeling you would have been working on it. But was there something that you saw that maybe uh, other people didn't see at that time? Um, well, yeah, I guess, uh, you know, the fact that I, that we stayed with it, right. That, that was, uh, that was, you know, a testament for the fact that we thought it was going to be something that was going to be interesting, uh, in the long term. So, but don't forget that 2013 was the bad year, right. When, uh, when we had the first big bull run and then it all 
collapsed back and then people were all distraught. And, um, and most of the, you know, Bitcoin and cryptocurrency related companies at the time actually disappeared. I don't know. Uh, I mean, can you name, you know, 10 projects that were in existence back then? Because I'm not even sure there are 10. Yeah, so 2013 was, you know, was a bit of an ugly year, but it was actually good from a development perspective. Um, so in, in, in the fact that um, it actually was ugly is one of the things that um, kind of reinforced us to start working on Degrid. So, because um, we, we felt that there were a lot of things that were not going right in the crypto community, and then um, there was actually a market correction. So, you know, you put it all together, and um, so I think that we are better for it. But, but those were some pretty rough years. Um, although I, I did feel that you could not put that, you know, um, genie back into the box because people were uh, promised a, you know, a new, a new way of doing things, a new way of doing finance. And, and I think that it's still reverberating around the world. Uh, there's a lot of hype. There's a lot of bad projects out there right now. Uh, and we need probably a 2013 level correction for it to, you know, normalize itself again. But I think overall crypto is, is here to stay and it's going to make some pretty drastic changes in the future. I know there's people in the space now that are kind of, like you said, toxic, but back then, because it was so new, were, were people there at that time toxic like that, the way they are now? I feel like I feel like I wasn't around for the 2013. I, you know, I, I got in like 2015, 2016-ish. But once, like back then though, because you guys had that run, was was there a lot of toxic people back then too as well, or was it different? Um, yeah, you know, history does tend to uh, replay itself a little bit. So there were plenty of toxic people and unhealthy elements, and you know, you know, f- flat out, you know, people that were just trying to scam other people out of money. So there was a lot of that back then too. I think this time around, there's a little bit more of it. Uh, the whole ICO craze kind of um, helped with that. Uh, so, so now every time there is some sort of markets that is created, right, and uh, and prices go up, there there is always going to be a you know a shady element that shows up with it. That is unfortunate, but it's also you know those are the laws of physics. Did you ever think at that time that it was going to get up to $20,000? Was that ever something in your mind seeing Bitcoin get to? Or even uh, Decred getting as high as you guys got? My honest answer is yes, uh, although not on that uh, horizon. So I would have expected that to take quite a bit longer. Um, and as you can see right now, though, so the 20000 was not. Uh, and, and I actually typically don't love to talk about price because that's that's really not what I'm doing it for. But. Um, but it went up so fast, so quickly that there was going to be a, you know, a magnificent correction, and, and it's happening, right? And it and it may not be done yet. So, yeah. Um, so yeah. So I, I, every time something goes up this fast, it typically comes down as fast. And, and it, this has repeated itself so many times in the history of the world, and, and I'm surprised that they are surprised. Yeah, it's a, it's an interesting time for sure. So let's talk about Decred. Um, tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me what separates. Decred from Bitcoin. So if I had to put it in a single sentence, it would be probably be longevity. So what Decred has, what Bitcoin does not have formalized is a governance model that allows us to make really tough decisions um, that would change protocol uh, or consensus rules. So... um, so the maximalist uh, argument is that you never need to do that. Uh, I've been in software for decades, and I have never seen a piece of software survive for decades without a form of change. Uh, 
so I can um, not see something existential happening in the future of all cryptocurrencies where they have to make some drastic changes in order to keep up or do something that is unforeseen. I mean, for example, uh, quantum uh, crypto could do some some real damage, right? So, and you might have to make some software changes in order to, to deal with that. And if you don't have a formal change mechanism, you may not survive that existential uh, moment. So, and what sets Decred really apart from, as far as I actually really can tell at this point, uh, we are still the only ones that have on-chain uh, governance. And I'm talking about actually making decisions on-chain that then are activated automatically. So if, if we would have to change our hashing algorithm, we could, and we could very quickly then switch to a new hashing algorithm with the whole network basically moving on as if nothing happened. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, I know you said there's, is there voting that's built in? Is it on the protocol level or how is, how is that, how exactly that worked, worked out? Okay, so there's really two levels of voting in Decred. So the one I was talking about there is uh, is on-chain, and that one is specifically for, sorry, for consensus and for protocol changes. So those are big, big decisions. And the way that works is we actually write the code and it's active. Um, so as network nodes get updated on the network, they start to signal that they are at whatever version of software they're at. So once the network reaches a number that is high enough, uh, we actually automatically start to vote. So, and then if the vote passes, the code changes actually get activated. So there's no backseas. This is not a signal. This is actually a hard vote on are we or are we not going to activate this new feature. And, um, and on top of that, we have, uh, we have a, based because of our voting mechanism, uh, we are also pretty hard to fork. So we have fork resistance on top of it. So once a decision is made, the fork dies off pretty quickly. And that fork can then be either one of the decisions that were made. So would, would, you, would it be safe to say, uh, I don't know if this is like kind of a stretch, but would Decred be unforkable? Um, so <laughs> what is it? Ancient astronaut theory points to yes. That would be <laughs> the popular answer. So it looks like you would have to bring... Uh, some pretty deep pockets in order to be able to uh, to actually do a fork. And um, so it would be unlikely for somebody to show up with that amount of money. Interesting. So and if you actually look at the numbers, um, and I, I'm going to paraphrase these numbers, so I may not have them exactly right, but we are currently 20 times uh, more expensive to fork and maintain than Bitcoin would be. Oh, interesting. Wow. So, uh, and Bitcoin is in the, in the billions, right? To maintain a fork. I'm not sure exactly how, how that works, but I know they've been forked many times. <laughs> no, so that's not what I meant. So, so creating a fork uh, in Bitcoin, like Bitcoin Cash did, that is a software uh, trick that can be applied. So in Decred, because you, we have all these votes that happen on the chain, uh, you would run out of voters uh, if you don't bring them along. So, uh, so your fork would have to do something with those votes or get rid of those votes. And at that point, it really wouldn't be decred anymore. What, what made you, I, I know, I know you have said in the past, um, 
just because uh, you know I, I love I love researching projects. I know you have said in the past, or I know spokesmen from uh, Decred have said in the past that uh, the reason th- it was built is for governance, right? That's that's important. Um, so, do you think there will ever be any other? I know you guys are working. I know you have worked on atomic swaps with Litecoin. Um, is there something else you guys are building on top of Decred? Oh yeah, we've we're building all kinds of stuff. So. A lot of the altcoins really are Bitcoin plus uh, one niche feature, right? Mm-hmm. That is often what seems to be the case. So, so since we build Decred pretty much from the from the ground up in our own code base, uh, we have not been afraid of adding features and doing things that are interesting to us. So, for example, we are working on a privacy uh, offering. So, I cannot disclose how we're doing it, um, but it is something that we're working on. So, we're going to add privacy to it. So the other thing that I'm actually working on is uh, Polotea, which we actually just recently released. And that is our um, signaling mechanism. Uh, what that means is we get the community to write up proposals that then can be voted on uh, to make changes in the project and or make changes to code. So we have actually applications that we are building on top of our own blockchain. So we, we eat our own dog food. Another example <laughs> is DCR time. DCR time is basically a... Uh, what do you call that? A, um, uh, a timestamping mechanism. So you can take any documents and then you can anchor it in the blockchain. You can anchor the, the digest in the blockchain. So you can prove that that document existed on or before that date. So you can do a proof of existence thing. And with that, you can actually create you know, a slew of applications uh, in the regulatory compliance space. So yeah, we are doing all kinds of interesting things. Can you can you talk a little bit about this this idea that it that code is law, I, we hear this time and time again, and I feel like with Decred, that's probably something that you know that hangs at the very top for y'all. Well, so um, I'm gonna say something you probably did not expect, but code is not law. Uh, code is law right up until you have a critical bug, and then all of a sudden we're gonna change the laws, right? We're gonna have a constitutional amendment. Yeah. So it's nonsense. Is what is honestly what I think of that. Um, so I have written a lot of kernel code, uh, and then we, we actually used something similar. And back then was, yeah, the code is the spec, right? And that's another cop-out. So that basically means that kernel developers don't like to write uh, documentation, is honestly what that means. Interesting. So, so no, I, I, obviously consensus is a, a form of encoding law, right? So there's no debate there. But, um, but, you know, like with the Constitution, sometimes some changes do need to be made. Um, not everything was thought of, you know, in a prior era, and, you know, before you had certain things. So, yes, we need to, have to be able to encode law, but we also need to be able to have a mechanism to change said law, uh, you know, in order to adapt to things that are happening, you know, in real time around you. So do you think when uh, other cryptocurrencies held that flag, they're constantly waving it, and you know, there's there's a lot of them out there that do that. Do you think that's do you think that's necessarily a bad thing, or do you think that's just because they're not experienced enough? I think that there's a lot of folks that honestly do not have a background in software development, and they're the ones waving that flag. So tell us about this uh, Texas Bitcoin conference that you guys have uh, set up here on Saturday and Sunday here in Austin. Yeah, I will gladly talk about that. So. <laughs> Um, well, Texas is, is, you know, where I live and, um, and I have a pretty good relationship with uh, Paul Snow, uh, who is the CEO at Factum. Uh, and he, and he is the one that puts on, uh, the Bitcoin conference every year in Texas. And, uh, you know, so he asked me if 
Degret wanted to participate and be a goal, be a, a platinum sponsor. And I said, let's make that happen. So we did. So here we are. We have a, a lot of Degret representation uh, at the Texas Bitcoin Conference. There's going to be, I don't know, 15 of us or something. So a lot of community members, a lot of different uh, areas of work are being represented. So it's, it's going to be fun. I'm really, really looking forward to it. And in fact, uh, if you want to get a, a fun 50% off discount, uh, people can uh, can go to the to the Texas Bitcoin uh, website, and if they use Thriller, oh snap! <laughs> oh, thank you so much for that, Marco. Did you guys hear that? So, if you guys use the code Thriller uh, and you go to the Texas Bitcoin Conference dot com website, uh, you can get 50% off. That's awesome. That's great. Thank you so much for that, Marco. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. We have so many great panelists. Uh, I mean, we have some big names that we were able to line up. So, for example, Chris Berninski is coming. So he is one of the authors of, uh, what is it, the Digital Assets book. Uh, I think he's pretty well known. He is uh, one of the founders for, um, oh, my goodness, I always forget the name of uh, uh, Placeholder BC. Oh, interesting. I know I saw uh, one of the guys from Ravencoin. Oh, we see talking about Ravencoin all the time on there. Yep, he talks about Raven. So, uh, so we have some other folks coming. So his uh, partner Joel Monegro is coming as well. Uh, we have Chris Dannon uh, from Iterative, Iterative Capital, uh, and Brandon also from Iterative and Leo. So it, we got a, a pretty stellar lineup of people. Um, and I've seen some of the talks, some of the the synopsis of some of these talks, and. Yeah, so there's going to be some next level shit happening actually there. So people are going to talk about new business models, where crypto is heading. <clears throat> so things that are going to be different, you know, in, in the two to five and ten year horizon. It's 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 going to be pretty awesome. Um, so I wanted to ask you a couple questions uh, from my audience. I uh, let them know that you're going to be coming on the podcast tonight. Uh, this one's from Zamped. He's one of our longtime listeners, longtime followers. He said, uh, why should people use Decred over other digital currencies that have better brand recognition, i.e. Bitcoin? And I, I told him, I, I told Zamped, I was like, you're coming with fire right there. <laughs> so I apologize. But yeah, he wants to, he wants to know why. Why, why Decred? Yeah. Well, so the, the uh, again, the primary reason for Decred is, is longevity. So uh, there are not going to be 50 Decreds. Um, in the future, there's going to be one. Uh, <laughs> and currently, there are, I have no idea how many Bitcoins, right? There's, there's every color, every metal, every <laughs> precious stone has been used at this point. Uh, and it keeps on going. So, uh, and, and the actual tragedy really is, is the splintering of community, right? So if you look yeah. at Bitcoin and Bitcoin Cash, there is, there's a lot of animosity between the two projects. Uh, I completely understand, actually, where Roger Ver came from, from a... Uh, you know, from a person who played in the space at the same time, I, I feel his frustration, right? I, I understand that he wanted to play and he was basically not allowed to. And at one point he just said, screw this, I'm going to do my own. So I understand it up until that point, right? But then uh, he started up with this, you know, with this pretty negative and weird marketing campaign. Oh, interesting, really? Well, why do you say that for Marco? Yeah, so I can really see where Roger Ver is coming from right because he, he was um he was not allowed to play and he was a big stakeholder and he wanted to play right so that and at one point it boiled over and, and he was like screw this i'm going to do my own so up until that point i completely understand it so uh and then it turns ugly right and then uh, there's the whole uh, i am bitcoin no i am bitcoin debate and that's that's disingenuous and that is not helping the community 
And that is actually the tragedy of that entire, uh, you know, era is, is the fact that somebody was not allowed to play uh, and then, you know, kind of went on a bend to, to destroy something that is useful. Wow. I've never heard it put that way, but, you know, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And, and again, if, if, uh, if, if, you know, there was a mechanism where stakeholders could actually participate, which is obviously what Decrypt provides, uh, you can prevent these types of, um, you know, very ugly spats that then, you know, result in, you know, in community fragmentation. So uh, honest question, Marco, do you think a lot of people that are holding Bitcoin right now are just crazy at this point? Because, I mean, you've been here, you've been there since the, you know, the, almost the beginning. Do, do you think a lot of people that are holding Bitcoin right now are are not thinking wisely? So let's get out of the way that I'm actually a huge fan of Bitcoin. Uh, and the fact that I work on Decred actually does not diminish that fact. Uh, I think that Bitcoin is a brilliantly designed and developed uh, piece of software. And it's going nowhere. So, uh, but it, it is suffering from cult-like mentality at this point, right? There's a lot of people that, you know, think that it is immaculate and, you know, and it isn't. It's a piece of software and it's going to break, you know, in time. And, uh, and therefore, you need to be able to make corrections. So, um, so let's hope that the Bitcoin community comes to a census and realizes that it is software. And at some point, corrections will have to be made. Wow. You know, I love that kind of talk about Bitcoin. It's a tough kind of love I think you should definitely have. And um, yeah, I mean, totally wholeheartedly agree with what you're saying. Well, so Bitcoin is anti-fragile, so a little bit of criticism shouldn't hurt its feelings. <laughs> I see what you did there. Okay, so I got I got another one from Zamp. He says, uh, can you also ask, ask him what is their plan to gain adoption? So um, we are pretty much grassroots. We don't do a lot of marketing. We don't do a lot of hype. Um, so what we have been doing is we have been encouraging people to actually use Decred. So, um, so we have actually arrived at, uh, at a bit of a mini economy at this point. So people that work on Decred and develop Decred and do anything with Decred are paid in Decred. And that is, that is, 100% of it. So so even though I have paid a, uh, a US dollar salary because I work at a company, that company is paid in Decred uh, as a contractor. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. So we are really putting this into people's hands to, to use it. Uh, and we started with development and that is now starting to get into the more marketing types of areas. And we're going to continue to expand that uh, as we go. So we have a huge Brazilian uh, um, community. They are doing all kinds of, you know, amazing things on it. So the other day, there was a guy that actually put his daughter's birth certificate on, on the Decred blockchain. Um, one of the, um, the the elected officials actually has put all his uh, vows that he had, you know, during the, the campaign on the blockchain. Uh, there's all kinds of things like that happening. So, but, but our current... Uh, methodology to to you know to make people uh, use uh, Decred and, and, and raise adoption is by basically paying people to do work for it. It's it's kind of one of these the, these kind of projects that I see in this space time and time again that just kind of swell up like it, it really hits you out of nowhere because when when I I've always heard of Decred and I've always pronounced it wrong but it was always something that somebody's like oh you should look into it kind of thing. And I was like, okay, I'll look into it. But it wasn't until most, you know, a lot of more people started saying, hey, we really want you to talk about this 
or at least have somebody on to talk about it. This was when I was like, oh, okay, interesting. Like those are the ones that, you know, turtle coin. I don't know if you've ever heard of that coin. That That's kind of one like that too as well, where it's just like multiple people just coming at you, wanting you to talk about it. And sometimes they're just there because they're holding the coin or something. But most more, more times than likely that I've seen, it's always because there's just a big community that's uh, kind of just um, getting bigger. Right. Well, and, and we, our community has been steadily been growing. And, and one of the things that I think we can tout, though, is if you actually go go look at the space and go look at where uh, large investors are actually uh, openly flaunting their portfolio, we are typically one of them, right? So if you look at like Blue Yard, um, a Placeholder, um, Scaler, right? So those are all, um, you know, capital funds that uh, are big investors in Decred. And, you know, and one of the reasons, obviously, is, is that whole longevity thing, right? So um, so th- there is a lot of appeal for what we are, we, we are doing, what we have been doing. So, and, and with the, you know, the, our governance system now actually completely live, it's, it's going to be even more interesting because we kind of don't even know what's going to happen in the future, right? We don't know what the stakeholders are going to come up with. So, and, and it could be amazing new stuff, right? And amazing new ideas. So we'll see what the future holds. All right, Marco. So I had one, you know, one interesting question, and I know that you probably are, are itching to answer this, but uh, tell us a little bit about, more about governance and about signaling. Uh, well, so yeah. So as I said earlier, we, we, we're talking about our tier one uh, voting mechanism. In tier one is where you make really tough decisions, right? So it's protocol and consensus level changes. So those are not light decisions that need to be made. And obviously we govern all that on the blockchain. So, but uh, on top of that, we actually have a pr- proposal system, which is called Polopeo. And in fact, it went live uh, just about a week ago. So what that does is that actually is the second part of the equation in governance, is a signaling mechanism. And what that means, it's for more generic questions that need to be answered and how, to, uh, how you determine how you pay your bills. So, for example, what a signaling mechanism, what a signaling proposal would be is say, hey, I want to go to the Texas Bitcoin conference and we need to be a platinum sponsor. And that obviously costs money. Right. So you need to fly people in. You, you know, you need to, uh, you know, get the shirts and stickers and all that kind of good stuff. So that needs to be paid for. So what we do with these things, then, is you can create a proposal and say, OK, I'll organize the Texas Bitcoin Conference, these are the costs, uh, and here's the disbursement schedule. Uh, and, you know, will the community sponsor this, right? Will, will the stakeholders say yes or no to this? And if the answer is yes, then, then you can obviously get uh, paid for putting that effort into it. So in other words, you can use this to drive where money uh, or decred is spent. So uh, so let me recap that. So a proposal is is a what, when, where, and in, in, in how much, right? So you write it up and uh, you put a disbursement schedule on it and then you can, you know, get paid for the work that you proposed. Awesome. It, would people just uh, head out to the Telegram to, you Telegram to do that kind of stuff or is there a certain spot? So actually that is at proposals.decred.org and it's a website and there are some steps involved because you have to be a stakeholder, obviously, in order to play. So you have to prove that you are a stakeholder by uh, by paying a very small fee uh, to sign up to the website, uh, and that is really to prevent spamming. And then you also have to pay a very small fee to put up a proposal. And again, that is also to pre- prevent spamming from happening because it's the internet. You know, if you put anything up there, people are going to abuse it. So that said, uh, so once you actually write a proposal, then real 
stakeholders with real tickets are going to be able to uh, to vote on your proposal and say yay or nay to it. So, and if you come up with something great, people are going to say yes, and they are going to agree with it, and they're going to fund it. And if you come up with a terrible idea, it's probably going to get voted down, right? So I would love to have a yacht, but I'm pretty sure if I write up a proposal, say, hey, let's buy Marco a yacht, I, I kind of expect it to be voted down. <laughs> that's true. You can't just go ask for anything out there. <laughs> expect it to right. Well, but that's the idea, right? So the idea is, is we have this big, big treasury. And we haven't talked about that, but actually Decred is a proof of work, proof of stake hybrid. So we have the proof of work components uh, like Bitcoin does. Then we have a proof of stake component on top of that. And what that does is basically it gives the stakeholders veto power over the proof of work guys. So, uh, so in other words, miners in Decred do not have the ultimate power like they do in Bitcoin. Interesting. So yes. what, are some, what are some advantages to that? Just real quick. Well, so miners have a, a different incentive uh, than uh, stakeholders, right? So miners typically have, because they burn real energy and have to buy real hardware, mm -hmm. uh, they they have some real costs. So they have to, they typically uh, will mine coins and then sell them immediately so that they can pay the bills. So they, they do not have any long-term uh, affiliation with a coin at all. So they just want to buy, sell, buy, sell. Sorry, mine, sell, mine, sell. Yeah. So, um, but as a stakeholder, that is not what I want at all, right? I want to put those coins to work to, you know, drive more value into my network. So the incentives are, in my opinion, not aligned properly in, in, in that equation. So when you, and besides, so if you look at these giant farms that are, that are you know, up in China where they have yeah. very large amounts of power, of, of, you know, concentrated mining power, that is also unhealthy. Right. So if a miner starts misbehaving without a proof of stake portion, we can actually, you know, beat them over the head and take away their incentives. Turns out, you know, miners don't love that. So we can keep our miners under control with this mechanism uh, in case of bad behavior. For example, mining empty blocks. That's, you know, that's a low grade, you know, DDoS attack. Yeah. So we don't want that. Right. So we can, you know, we can remind them who, who's the boss on that. That's very cool. It's kind of it's kind of a balance of sorts that you guys are are, are putting there. That's that's nice. I've yet to hear. Well, so that was actually part of the original design is is realigning the incentives. So uh, driving proper behavior uh, with incentives is is the way that we decided to go. So if you if everybody is incentivized to do the right thing, then they probably will do the right thing, right? Yeah. So and the way we actually do that is is we split the. Um, the block reward. So 60% goes to the to the proof of work guys. 30% uh, goes to the proof of stake guys. So those are the people that are voting on the blockchain. Um, and 10% goes to a treasury. So since the dawn of time, we have collected 10% uh, of the blocks into our treasury. And we have, I want to say, about 570,000 or something decred in there to pay for development and other things. So we, we developed this large, uh, you know, uh, treasury that we are using to to do things for for decred and uh and we have been pretty frugal we have not done those crazy boat parties i like <laughs> boat parties but you know i don't want to pay for it yeah so, so we purely use the treasury to pay for for development and and by the way now that polotea is off so our uh, proposal system we are actually going to donate that entire amount here in the next couple of months to the, to the community to do as they please. Yeah, so we're going to donate. I, I don't know what our exchange rate is, but last time I looked, it was like $25 million or something worth of 25 US, you know, 25 million US dollars at the current exchange rate or something along those lines. Mm -hmm. So it's pretty substantial 
development chest. That's really cool. I, I really like the way you guys have uh, kind of thought of everything. I, I, I don't. I want to say like, is Dash kind of similar to what you guys have, or they use master nodes, don't they? So I guess they're kind of voting. So, so two things that are different though in Dash. In Dash, the um, their uh, mechanism is signaling only. Okay. So the payments and all that is automated, but they only can signal. So they cannot say. Um, certain things and they cannot do certain things that we can do, right? Because we have the multi-tier uh, voting mechanism. We can do, uh, we can make some tough decisions that are not rolled, cannot be rolled back, right? Yeah. So in Dash, you can say, I'm going to implement this feature. And if you don't, then you don't necessarily, uh, there's, there's really no way to solve that. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. That's, that's awesome. So, uh, yeah, so Dash is a pretty cool project, by the way. Nothing, nothing ugly to say about those guys. So, but yeah, so, but basically what Dash the equivalent would be our proposal system. That is that is a lot of overlap there yeah. between the two the two projects. But but we have that extra layer at the bottom. So and actually, um, let me just expand on that treasure a, l- yeah. a little bit because we talked about it earlier as well about Blockstream. So counterintuitively, by um, by having a treasury, what it does is it actually enables you to remain decentralized because we can pay individuals uh, in Decred wherever they are in the world, right? So if you're in Brazil or you're in Africa and you want to work on uh, whatever feature and you get paid in Decred, right? You don't have to move to San Francisco uh, and go to an office and do certain things. So so by having this treasury and having a mechanism to disburse these funds, it actually uh, aids in keeping people decentralized. So and that's what we're trying to achieve here. We're trying to achieve, you know, as, to be as decentralized as possible with our development uh, with governance, with with everything, right? So, unlike again in Dash, we don't have masternodes, right? So the no, so it's only people that, that have purchased tickets to vote are the only ones that make all the decisions in, in the project. Yeah, no. So we we really tried really hard to, to you know, and we looked really hard at um, at Bitcoin, and, you know, looked at the things that we liked, didn't like, and um, and you know, th- this was the, the in our opinion the missing uh, you know the missing link. Yeah if you will. And by the way, they cannot buy Decred from us, right? We don't sell yeah. Decred. Treasury is not ours to sell, right? It's the communities. So when they show up and say, hey, man, I want to buy a million dollars worth, and we send them to the market and say, good luck. <laughs> yeah. We can't help you. We, we don't have it. Or, right? or here's so, some work. Get, get started on this. <laughs> yeah, and people get pissed off at us, actually. We've really? literally had large investors yell at us, like, but I only need 10 million. Well, I don't have it. I, You know what? I would love 10 million. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. These are numbers that I cannot understand. Wow. So anyway, yeah. So we just try to to be fair. Yeah. Um, and when we actually started, um, and yeah. when we started, we tried really, really hard to get Decred in as many hands as possible. So we did an airdrop. Oh, you did? Uh, to people in the open source world. Oh, wow. and, and we said, hey, man, uh, you interested? You just download this piece of software, you know, run this number, you know, put, punch this into a website, and, and that's it. And a lot of folks did. So we, we had a pretty large, uh, you know, group of people interested in Decred from the, from the get-go. Yeah, that, that's exciting. That's really exciting. Um, I have uh, Matthew. He's one of our longtime listeners as well. He he's, he wants to find out more information about Atomic Swaps. So when are they coming? I feel like they have already came, right? And then he also is asking about the Obelisk Miner. Will it work on Decred? Uh, so let's go with the, uh, the, the, what do you call it, the Atomic Swaps first. So we did the first Atomic Swap with uh, Litecoin, in rather, actually right before last year's uh, Texas Bitcoin conference. Mm-hmm. So that is going on a year, or it has been a year at this point, where we actually did the atomic swap. 
So at this point, uh, a lot of other projects have shown up at our doorstep with codes to add their codes to the, to the code base. So we are the ones that maintain atomic swap code basically for the, for, for the entire community. So, um, so Bitcoin people showed up and, you know, Bitcoin cash people, Litecoin, uh, Ethereum. So we, we have a bunch of, um, uh, coins that we can swap now. And, and actually the, the cross atomics are actually a pretty, those are actually an earth shattering <laughs> feature and people should be dancing naked in the streets in my opinion. So, because what that does is actually eliminates the need for, for an exchange. Yeah, I know. It's awesome. <laughs> That actually, you know, removes another rent seeker from, you know, from the ecosystem, right? So I don't need somebody to hold on to my coins and then trade them. And then I have to hope that they are, you know, that their security is adequate, right? We, I, I don't need my money on Mt. Gox, right? So, uh, so and, and what this does is it basically enables two humans to decide on, uh, on a rate and then basically trade out, uh, you know, one cryptocurrency for another. So it's, it's a pretty incredible feature. Can can we download that right now as and use that? Uh, is like is it on a mobile wallet or on a, a desktop wallet or something like that? So this is where I'm going to be a little bit more careful. So there are a couple of wallets that have implemented. Uh, one of them is even called I think Atomic Atomic.io. Um, I think that's that's done actually from the same folks that do actually uh, Changely. Okay. So um, so anyway, but yeah, there's there are actually wallets that do it now. Um, so the tools that we use are not very user friendly. They are you know those command line tools, and uh, you really got to know what you're doing there. But I know it has been integrated into several wallets, and I know that actually there are exchanges starting to pop up that use that code. So and speaking of new features, Degrad has actually put forth of co- company Zero actually has put forth a proposal to go build a Dex. And, and, and I'm talking about truly decentralized exchange without any intermediaries. So uh, price discovery and order book would be a decentralized protocol that, you know, that you could then tap into and then, you know, um, do an exchange between, you know, two different cryptocurrencies without any middleman. Yeah, that'd be awesome. I mean, I feel like that's just the future, right, at this point? It has to be, right? So why would you want to have a third party in there that's just sitting there skimming money on both sides of the, um, you know, the trade? I, I don't want that. I'll pay my network fees and, and be done with that. Yeah, it's kind of one of those things where I keep reaching out to have uh, I think CZ from Binance on the show. Um, I keep getting told no. And these are the questions I want to ask him, you know, because it's uh, it's one of those where, like, I'm sure he sees the same thing, too. The guy's a bright guy. Sure. Well, but um, but you got to understand where he's coming from, right? So he has to monetize uh, the uh, the whole exchange thing, right? And he's he's doing things like we have with the Binance coin. Very he, what he's obviously doing there is creating a a, a unnecessary uh, coin that to sit in the middle to to drive you know value that is of you know questionable value. What what are your what are your ta- what's your take on? I, I mean, it doesn't have to just come from you, but as a community, what's your take on? you know, getting added onto some of these, you know, newer exchanges that are going to be rolling out here next year, supposedly, or even on Coinbase for that matter. Have you guys submitted y'all's proposal to get on those exchanges? Or is that something that you guys really don't pay too much attention to? So we have uh, applied, obviously, just about everywhere. Um, we want to be listed. Uh, now, when they come back and tell us uh, your ransom is $1 million. Oh, really? When, <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, that's when we walk away and say, yeah, okay. So, so we, we are... Um, we are big enough that it is a, you know, and I, I don't want to sound cocky here, but, but A, it's a lot of money, right, to be listed on some of these exchanges. And, and you know what, it's 
I'm not sure it's worth it from from a monetary perspective, right? So I can, you know, blow a million dollars worth of decred on a single listing, or I can use those million dollars to build 10 features that are of bigger value in, in the future, right? So, uh, and we have chosen to go down the development route since we are going to use that money for something that we find valuable. And um, so we have said no to a lot of these. And and what has happened though over time is that these exchanges have to pick us up, right? Because we are a top 20, 20 yeah. 25 coin, right? So people want it and there's no uh, no stopping it. So so we'll we'll help and you know we'll even pay for some development, but yeah, we're not gonna be held you know, we're not gonna pay ransom. I definitely feel, you know, Decred is uh, is doing it their way and you know they don't wanna <laughs> they don't wanna change for no one. And that's that's a great thing. That's a great thing to have. Everybody in the crypto community always says, I'm in it for the technology, and yeah, we are those guys. I know. I can tell. <laughs> I can tell. I can definitely tell. That's awesome. We mean it. <laughs> I just wanted to say, Marco, thank you again for coming on Thriller Podcast. I feel like um, Decred and your entire community has been nothing but, you know, sweetest people I have, you know, have pleasure of talking with, you know, in your Telegram and, of course, dealing with, uh, you know, everybody else, uh, you know, along the way to get to you. <laughs> you guys have been nothing but, you know, just flawless in, in y'all's, uh, you know, representation of what you guys stand for. And I love that. And I love seeing that in a community. So thank you so much for coming on Thriller Podcast. Well, thank you so much for for having me. Uh, and, and yeah, we we try to just you know be honest and and do the right thing, right? Uh, there's a lot of scamming going on, and we just don't partake in that. It's just uninteresting. Um, you might have a short term win, uh, but long term you're not going to be there. And and the entire point of of Decred is to to be here, you know, ten, twenty, thirty years from now. I need to be able to hand this over to my children. So uh, so yeah, so we try to run a clean ship and you know do the best by the community that we can. That's awesome. I love hearing that. You know, that's the same kind of mantra that I have too as well that I always hold up and just saying, let's just do the right thing, you know, have a little bit of empathy, show what you can build and uh, everything else will work out. Uh, I really believe that. Um, also want to mention to everybody out there, make sure to head over to the Texas Bitcoin conference this weekend. If you're in Austin or if you're not in Austin, head out down, you can meet Marco and the rest of the Decrad team. And, uh, you know, Maybe uh, get some photos and <laughs> sign autographs and stuff like that. That'd be cool. Well, actually, we have uh, Stakey there. Stakey is going to be – Stakey the costume is going to be there. So you definitely want to take some pictures with him. <laughs> cool. All right, Marco. Well, thank you for coming on the show. Hey, thank you for having me.
gentlemen another thriller podcast dunsies <laughs> so i want to thank marco again for coming on the show it was awesome to learn more about the cred um definitely definitely looking forward to heading out to the Texas bitcoin conference hopefully we get our press pass if you are interested at all make sure to check the show notes get 50 percent off using the promo code thriller again that is from marco and the cred. that's awesome uh, buy bitcoin save the world see you manana that's right see you tomorrow this is the end of the show